Hello and welcome back to Total Football New Zealand. I'm Connor Clements, joined today by Mike Anderson. And our guest today is someone who's joined in with Total Football New Zealand, this project that we've got. He is a co-founder of Better Football with Mike Anderson. Chris Cooper, how are you? Uh, yeah, good. How are you? Good, mate. Bloody good. You uh, you do a lot for football around the uh, Wellington region, I've heard. Um, obviously involved with Mike as well. Do you play yourself? Not as much as I'd like, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I've got two kids now, so it's um, times a lot, you know, a lot less um, kind of uh, kind to me than it used to be. Um, but yeah, it's ma- mainly just doing the uh, kind of um, better football stuff with Mike. Um, yeah, occasional having a kick around, but yeah, yeah nothing. Feel nothing like anyone need to. Anytime <laughs> you can yeah. squeeze for seven or so minutes, he's uh, more than happy to jump on the pitch. Love that, love that. Oh, yeah. well. Well, um, we've got a we've got a big episode tonight, boys. We're going to be talking about the A League. We're going to be talking about Capital Football. So the Central League just kicking off again. Uh, Women's W League and Premier League as well that we'll talk about, as well as our uh, Mike. I'm sure you'll want to mention the Barons crazy game that you had, uh, and then we'll go into the international stuff. So talking about Bundesliga, the Premier League, and um, the restart, which is coming. It's it's snuck up on us. I'm I'm really excited to to get that underway, and um I know that a lot of people in England have been looking forward to it for a long time. But first off, the A League, Mike, what is happening with the A League? I mean, it's crazy to think that we still haven't had an answer. They said tentatively in August. Um, Fox obviously hasn't come to the table yet. Um, I think why don't we just start it in New Zealand? Let's just get all those Aussie guys in. Let's quarantine them for 14 days, and let's just start playing in New Zealand because that would be so much better than what we're currently doing is just sitting around and waiting, twiddling our thumbs for the league to restart. New Zealand's COVID-free. Let's get them over. Let's quarantine and then we can be started in two weeks. You'd have to be... Um, you'd have to consider that, like, with the success of Super Rugby and seeing those games actually being played in front of crowds, you'd have to think that some of the people over in A-League and FFA are actually thinking about this. Of course, it's going to be such a mammoth operation to get all of those teams over here. I've just seen that uh, the A-League is now um, penciled in for a July 16th start date. And then later on in the day, they've come in uh, with another um, release on the World Game website saying that the PFA has um, come in with a cash claim that will potentially upset um, <laughs> the start date, right? So this oh, just shocker, seems shocker. And somebody's got to step in and say, this is when the games are happening. I think that potentially if you make the review to rugby here, rugby is so centrally controlled that they were able to probably organize it with a very strong union and strong relationship between the two. They are able to organize it and get it off the ground quite quickly. But over in the A-League, it definitely seems to be um, fragmented between the clubs potentially, but also between the other stakeholders within the game. Because even though that they've got this proposed uh, start date, it's still saying that this new improved TV deal is under review and still having to be trashed out between the FFA and Fox. And I couldn't quite believe this when I uh, was reading into it, that potentially up to 70% of some players' wages are going to be cut as part of this new TV deal. You'd have to wonder how the league is going to be retaining players. eh? I mean, like, if 70% of wages are being cut, but then you've got other leagues where, yes, you're not um, being playing in front of crowds, but you can still be earning near to 100% of your wage, you wouldn't blame these players for leaving and going overseas maybe back to Europe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Toivonen's already gone, and there's there's going to be other players that follow him out the door. Yeah, and, like, you'd have to wonder, too, about 
what it, we haven't heard a lot of what the COVID strategy is in terms of if a, if a player tested positive, uh, does the whole team need to get quarantined? Does the um, just the player get quarantined? Because that's different in different leagues over in the um, in Europe and also the UK. So this is all going to get derailed if maybe like two uh, Phoenix players manage to pick it up when they go overseas and pick up COVID. Then the Phoenix is out for not only two weeks of quarantine when they actually get into the country, but potentially longer because some of the squad actually have have it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, definitely looking forward to actually seeing some football or some more regional football back on our screens, eh? I just don't really see a start date coming in anytime soon. Yeah, and this is why I just think they should just bite the bullet and say, you know what, like New Zealand, we have the facilities to do it. They should just say, let's get them over. Let's start football going again. Let's start that money flowing in again because at the moment they just have to realise that with this this whole drama that keeps happening with all these different parties that need to come to the table, um, if they just actually start the league and have a, and have an idea of, okay, this is like New Zealand's COVID-free, we get them over, we quarantine them, and then we can get them in the, each centre, you know, like base... The Melbourne team's here, base, the Sydney team's here, wherever they need to be, and like Dunedin, Auckland, Wellington. We've got Christchurch. We've got big enough cities to do it. Just get them across, and New Zealand can save the A-League. I mean, what are they waiting for? I mean, we can we can definitely do this, Mike. I mean, a really interesting point, and Chris, I'd be quite keen to know what you think, because you don't follow the A-League from a day-to-day basis, right? So Connor and I are probably more up-to-date with it. Mm-hmm. So if a bunch of A-League teams came over here, would you be inclined to go to some of those games? Because... I think definitely we've at least got the health, uh, you know, the health and safety environment with with COVID free, so players would be safe, and that's cool. I wonder if we would get the same sort of buy-in that we've seen with the rugby crowds to some of these A League games. So of course we're not going to get sold out stadiums. We might do one or two, but would it be worth it from a financial point actually hosting these A League teams over here because it costs a lot to open up these stadiums. So we're not actually getting fans in the door potentially there's not the financial nugget for us yeah i i think you'd have to look at what kind of crowds you draw because you would only really have a new zealand fan base i mean i like the idea of it um because you know when are you going to get an opportunity like that again to you know see these teams and see that much football played in new zealand i mean you you don't get that you know you don't the only time you get to see a league is if you go and watch the phoenix so if you brought those teams over and it was all done you know in a safe safe way or the safest way to do it so everybody was you know you, you know looked after and yeah it would be good but yeah it, it's kind of i i don't think you'd see the crowds that you'd want to see but it would you because you wouldn't get any um you know any australian fans coming over to see it um you know especially with a two week quarantine so yeah, I I like the idea. Um, it would bring some money in, um, but it would. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what kind of crowd you'd actually pull. And I guess one of the biggest stumbling blocks potentially will be, and I don't actually know the ins and outs of this. Would Fox be allowed to come over and actually broadcast these games? Because does Sky have um, exclusive rights with some of these stadiums? So potentially that's actually a major stumbling block to it actually happening. Yeah, I yeah. just I just think Sky should take it over. To be honest, if Fox is just going to keep stumbling and and not not coming to the table, I think Sky should just say, "Look, we'll we'll do it. 
um, and we'll have it in New Zealand, and we'll we'll make this like our our baby for the rest of the year. I just don't understand why they wouldn't. Um, the other thing is is that they're expecting the Phoenix to bend over backwards and go overseas and set up a, a base over there, quarantine, do all that sort of stuff. Well, why don't they just you know come over come over to New Zealand and they can do, be the ones that actually sort them. Um, quarantine out and do all that sort of stuff and and at the end mm. of the day we are at that more advanced level anyway um, and so I think that it's counterproductive the Phoenix going over to a place that actually still has active quarantine well a- active COVID cases they still have people in quarantine um, it just makes more sense to bring them over here mm. yeah I mean one of the fascinating parts about this is once it actually gets all sorted out because we're going, we're thinking about the like the solution to the problem here but the Phoenix have gone through this massive like improvement this season. And are we going to get the same enjoyment at the end of all of this? Like, let's say the Phoenix go and make the grand final and, hey, even win it. I think if the, we win it, we'll get the same sort of enjoyment from them winning games. But if they win a bunch of games over in Australia after everything that they've had to go through, is there going to be a little bit of fatigue from some of the fan base? And especially the wider bandwagon jumpers as such? Because uh, I know that watching the games over in the Bundesliga, I've, I've enjoyed watching them, but it hasn't quite been the same. So I don't really know yet until I see the Premier League kick back into gear whether not having fans in the stadium is um, going to lessen or um, have the same enjoyment as before. I think you bring up a really good point there, is that, and that's another reason why we should bring it to New Zealand, I think, is because we've got the fans in the stadiums now. And we can make that atmosphere even three, four thousand people to to a game between someone like Western United um, and Newcastle Jets, for example, would be much better than the atmosphere that they would generate over there, which is absolutely nothing uh, at the moment. So it just makes more sense mm. to bring them over. You start having a bit of atmosphere generated. You actually get people in the gate, and you can actually have these games rather than having these behind closed door games where you're right, the enjoyment level is not the same because the fans don't get to enjoy it. And sure, you won't be able to have those Australian fans and those people who want to watch and, and actually be there and, and, and support the club week in, week out. But they'll actually have the opportunity to watch that on the television screen. And at the moment, we've got no A-League content at all. Um, and so the fact that they'll be able to watch it on the television screen, have these New Zealand fans cheering for their team, um, watching their team that they never would have watched otherwise because you're not going to fly over to Australia and watch these teams, no chance. Um, mm. the, the only team that you want to go over and watch is the Wellington Phoenix, clearly. Um, but if these guys come over to our shores, absolutely. If they were based in Wellington, I would love to go to some of those games, um, especially the ones the Phoenix were involved. But also, I'd love to see Sydney. Um, they play good, you know. They play really good football. I'd love to see Melbourne as well. Um, probably more people in New Zealand would want to see Melbourne City play than what they get in their stadiums. So why not? <laughs> That's very true. I mean, you touched on a really um, interesting point because it would almost create like a World Cup um, kind of atmosphere, right? Yeah, we spoke team. With um, with uh, Dan about everybody potentially would have a second team, so that should be a massive engagement play by the league. So they could actually take the, you know transport the league over to New Zealand, and all of a sudden there might be a bit of a following because you know how Kiwis get behind teams like we did winning the World Cup here in rugby. All the towns kind of dressed up um, with flags and all that kind of jazz. Wouldn't be to that extent but you'd probably get a bit of following to some of these teams that have been based in the various different cities, whereas they wouldn't have got that exposure before, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a great point, Mike. Well, we talked about the Bundesliga. I think we do have to move on, and I, and I think we should talk about the Bundesliga a bit more as well because that obviously that atmosphere is something that has been lacking. Um, and also it just seems that it's the same old, same old uh, at the top. Uh, Bayern going to run away with it again. 
Mike, your, what are your thoughts on the league in terms of the fact that, I mean, for years now it just seems to be the same old story. I mean, buy and run out the winners. Um, you, you touched on it before as well about how it doesn't seem quite the same, you know, like that the games aren't quite as as dramatic without the fans in the stadium. Um, and it, it, just what are your thoughts on the, on the Bundesliga as a whole uh, in the last couple of weeks? I'll be honest, as somebody who works in social media, Gladbach is, uh, is much in Gladbach is my club. Um, <laughs> because the social media game is next. You know, there is no club in the world that does better social media than much in Gladbach, right? And to see them in the top four this season, um, even close to competing until a little while ago, is just fantastic. And I think, to be fair, it's actually better when they're actually down at the bottom of the table because the content is just funnier. Um, but Chris, um, we've had this sensation as Kiwis, as Kiwi fans, have seen Sapret sing in the Bundesliga the, uh, this time around. What's it like coming from England and obviously you still support probably um, the English national team and seeing like English players starting to appear in leagues overseas? Because you, it'd be a bit of a different dyna- dynamic for you, I guess, because we're quite a small footballing country, so we're like we see Sapret sing overseas. It's, it's amazing because it's going to inspire kids for generations. Mm. It's probably a totally different dynamic, though, seeing almost exporting your some of your best talent overseas. Yeah, I, it's it, it's kind of weird because when when I left England um, back in like two thousand and one, if if you you'd have seen a player like Sancho over there at the time, you wouldn't really have seen any of the games. There, you know, there wasn't a lot of chance to watch Bundesliga back then. So, you know, you you don't really get the hype that you get nowadays. If, if that's coming across right. Because, um, you know, you get to, you know, we've got Sky Sports, you know, even in New Zealand and, you know, back in England, they've got, you know, you can watch Bundesliga whenever you like. So you, you see the player um, and you see the players over there and, and they're, you know, you can get caught up in it and you can see how they, how well they play rather than just seeing it on the, um, on the back pages, you know, post weekend. Um, so I think nowadays it's, you know, it's, I think you're going to see it more. That where you see players players going overseas, um, you know, apply their trade somewhere else, especially when you see, you know, big teams bringing in, you know, big signings all the time. You you're not going to really see the chances um, that that you know you should be seeing. So I think yeah, it it, it is exciting. You know, I mean, you know, I'll, you look at England now. I mean, making the semi final um, at the World Cup. I mean, amazing. So it's you know I think it's only going to get better you know the 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 more experience they get overseas the better um, but yeah I'm it, I think it's good and I mean Sapri playing for like Bayern Munich and and Sancho playing for Borussia Dortmund I mean these are just a few names um, there's Americans as well who've gone over and made their name um, Canadian yep. player as well Alfonso Davies at the moment playing in the Bundesliga. It just shows that leagues around the world now. It's it's you can go to those leagues and be and continue to build your profile. Someone like Haaland as well at, at Borussia Dortmund. He goes there and starts building that up. So it doesn't you don't need to go to La Liga or uh, the Premier League anymore to have that same kind of um, stratospheric yeah. rise. For example, like Sancho going over there and making it into the English team. How cool would it be though if Sapret Singh managed to actually get a run of games in the Bayern Munich side, especially oh. if he. You know, I, I don't know how many games you have to play in, uh, in the Bundesliga to actually claim a title, but it would be. And I don't know if those, I guess, those substitute um, bench um, appearances, so, like when he's actually sitting on the bench, don't count towards 
the amount of games he's probably needing to clock up. But wouldn't it be lovely if they pull away by maybe another three three points and Dortmund drop a couple, and then he did, like they just start to give those boys a bit of a run in the side so they actually pick up a title one? That would be so awesome. Yeah, That's I mean, oh, I'd love that. Yeah, it's generally what you see at the end of the season though, if they are running away. So oh, it'd be great. You know, just imagine seeing, yeah, you know, kind of, you know, someone like that getting a getting a um a medal for it. Oh, good. it would be good but at the same time it's like I'm torn between two th- like one like two ways because one of the ways is like okay like does he really deserve it or do I want to wait and see him win it with Bayern next year when they're inevitably up the top and he actually does earn it he plays a full season for the first team um, he gets more than just a couple of substitute appearances and actually contributes rather than just winning a medal and being like okay I won the Bundesliga but he literally played like four games all, all appearances off the subs bench yeah but I think if he got a title win to his name as a professional footballer, that sets his career up. Even if it means that he doesn't, like, if he doesn't get the run and buy and he doesn't actually um, operate at that top tier, he's got that title win on his, like, footballing CV. He's able to go to pretty much any, you know, mid-rates um, professional cl- uh, club outfit in Europe, probably. Whereas if he doesn't get it, he's still having to prove himself. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get what you yeah. mean. I, I just think... Um... It, it shouldn't really matter about that title one as, as such. It should matter about his credentials as a player. So whether he's getting that run in, yeah. in the first team, that should be enough really to, to prove his credentials, especially if he's playing for the Bayern first team, getting goals, getting assists, for example. That should be enough on his CV to really open him up to, as you say, those mid-tier kind of teams across the across the world. But even so, he's you know he's he's playing for Bayern Munich. And, I mean, yeah. You know, why would you want to go anywhere else if you're getting games? Well, but but even even so, you know, being part of that whole, um, you know, that club, that network, it, it, you know, it's got to be good for you know him professionally. And yeah, you know, whether he whether he gets a, I, I don't know whether you, you call it unwarranted or warranted, um, you know, title winners honor for for doing it. I mean, he's still you know he's still part of that conversation in the club. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I, I think it's pretty huge. Yeah, that would be. Speaking of yeah. honours, I think uh, Connor, you got derby honours in your um, uh, derby match with your women's game. <laughs> a great way to come into um, Capital Football, Mike. I like it. Yes, we did. Um, the seconds beat the thirds at Vic Uni eight uh, two today, so it was a good game. Yeah. Um, and, and how did you, how did your men's team go? Uh, the men's team drew one one with Upper Hut thirds, mate. So another draw. Hopefully, we can get a win next week back home at KP at Calvin Park. Was that was that a um, game on Maidstone turf? Yes, it was Maidstone uh, Park turf. Yes, against the thirds. Electronic scoreboard functioning and everything felt like uh, felt like the big leagues, mate. Had a proper ref as well. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, nice. We we haven't actually had a game up there. We um, played on the new tif- uh, the revamped Tafaya turf. Oh, how and was that, Chris? Uh, compared to the last time we played on there, it was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah it's I think there. it's really good now is absolutely sensational i mean if you if you look and like all credit to the council and whoever was involved in revamping that turf because that is a, a, a like an international quality pitch it's quite interesting i think it's actually been done for rugby because the ball slows up a little bit um which kind of suited the barons play we had a bit of a bonkers game in one five four all credit to the jjs who uh, came back at us in the second half and it could have easily been a draw but that turf is yeah, absolutely phenomenal way. Eh? Just no, no bad words were said after the game. 
and looking forward to playing as many games as we can on Tafaya. Oh, that's awesome, mate. Um, well, I think we we can move on from Capital Football for now, but I know we want to we want to talk about them in the near future. Um, what I do want to talk about is the World Cup bid uh, for twenty twenty three, New Zealand and Australia, the joint bid. Um, Chris, I, I'll ask you first. Um, what what do you think it would mean to New Zealand to beat out the likes of Colombia and Japan? and win the World Cup bid uh, for 2023 for the Women's World Cup? Do you think that would just absolutely galvanise the game in New Zealand um, and bring, uh, well, turn the world's eyes and also a, a hell of a lot of young girls' eyes in the country um, to football and make them really passionate about the sport? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, winning anything, you know, get, getting anything like that under your belt here is is always a winner. You look at, you know the tournaments that have been here in the past. I mean, what was the, um, oh Christ, I can't remember it now. Um, we had the, the under-20 under... men's and the under-17 women's. Yeah. You, you look at, you, you look at the kind of hype that that brought, um, you know, it, it's, it, yeah, it's not going to be a bad thing. I think that would be, yeah, it'd be great for New Zealand. So with two girls yourself, are you going to bring them up as uh, all-white supporters or what is the national team? That's a big question. You know what? Yeah, yeah, we've been through this so many times, but they are, you know, technically they're, they're little Kiwis. They were born here. So I, you know, I, I won't stand in the way of their allegiance. <laughs> but have you bought not... them England kits? Uh, not yet. No, I'm getting them Chelsea kits. Oh, sure. of course. But, uh, the, uh, the England kits, I mean, I, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've suffered as an England fan for many years and I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's getting better for England, but I will, yeah, you know, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm not going to force it on them. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later in a, in a pod next week or the week after, but I think on behalf of everybody on this pod and the whole total football crew, well done to the, uh, everybody involved in that New Zealand bid, eh? They have done an absolutely immense job to come through as the highest technical-rated uh, bid. And if we got this for for football in this country, we're needing this platform for uh, the women's game to actually bounce off. And that just gives it, you know, in so many ways. So there'll be a lot of funding that obviously comes in. And just the natural hype around getting girls into football. And I'm sure to have so many flow-on effects. So just, yeah, fingers crossed that it actually comes through. Yeah, and we will be doing a podcast about that on June the 25th, which is the announcement date. Uh, FIFA will meet via video conference to determine who will host it. And we are hoping that it will be us, uh, the highest technically rated, along with Australia, um, as well as um, yeah, winning that over Japan and Colombia. Who was Japan was slightly below us, and then Colombia were the worst ranked in terms of their like original assessment, uh, FIFA's original assessment on that. Okay. It's time for the Premier League, and Chris, I know you've been very excited to talk about this because uh, Chelsea have been making moves in the transfer market, mate. I, I've actually been very impressed. Sorry? I've been... What was that, mate? Uh, uh, Werner, we didn't want him. We didn't want him. Oh. <laughs> You're jumping in. I was about to say Hakim Ziyech, you know? They've made they've made a transfer for Hakim Ziyech. I mean, from Ajax, it's a great steal. But then, of course, stealing Timo Werner from under Liverpool's noses, Chris, you must be ecstatic. Yeah, I've I've signed him on FIFA so many times, so I'm 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 pretty stoked about it. It's um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like given given everything that's gone on with Chelsea over the past few years, having a transfer ban, 
um you know lampard coming in um it's yeah i think it, you know it's all starting to you know lampard had to go with you know the squad that he had so he was bringing through the youth um youth players and stuff like that so now you know him him getting a bit more you know a bit more grip on the squad with with players that he can bring in um whether you know we've had form in the past for players coming in that the manager didn't necessarily want but they they seem the right fit so i'm yeah i'm quite excited for it i mean it's you know i i I hate to see some of the players you know get knocked down a peg um that have have come through like mount and abraham um i you know i'd hate to see them you know go down the pecking order but um you know yeah it'd be interesting to see how how it all, all kind of gels together moving forward well you do have a ridiculously stacked young squad i mean you look at the likes of loftus cheek hudson adoy mount uh, abraham who you've already mentioned yeah. that is a lot of young talent waiting on the wings to come through but to get those players of, of ziek and um and verners i i mean they're credit they're, they're they're um just incredible players and they come with such a high yeah. um level of of um well character and, and also backing so the fact is, is that you've got mm. these guys ready made to come into the squad, and then you've got these young guys waiting to come into the wing, uh, waiting on the wings to come on, and it's just, I mean, incredible. But uh, the one thing I do want to ask you before we go to Mike, because I'm sure Mike will have a lot to say about the whole Werner thing, as he tried to before, um, and also a lot to say about his <laughs> beloved Liverpool. I want to ask you: um, Does this season for you is there a big asterisk over it as the as the COVID season? Um, and do you think that Liverpool's achievement will be overshadowed by the fact that this has been a big, um, you know, kind of COVID season? And, and will it be like that kind of thing that the legacy is, you know, it was stopped and then they had this chance to rest and then um, they won the title that way? Or do you think that uh, Liverpool, that they're just going to win the title and, and they thoroughly deserve it and, and they do have the chance to get all the records? And then what are your thoughts emotionally as a Chelsea fan looking at this team um, about to break a 30-year drought? Um, yeah, to be honest, you know, credit where credit's due. Um, you know, Liverpool, you know, you know, over and above the the best team in the league, um, well deserved a title. Um, it, yeah, it's a shame that it's going to end. You know, with no no fans in the stadiums. You know, there's going to be you know doubt over whether they can actually have a trophy parade. Um, you know, I, there was talk. You know, Klopp was saying the other week that he wanted to um, to have one when it was safe to do so. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I don't I don't think it's going to um, going to affect it too much. I I just I just think it's a shame how the how the season's going to end for everybody. Really, I mean, um, you know, the Premier League has got a chance to finish. There's other leagues that have just been scrapped, and there's teams that have you know um, been relegated when they shouldn't have been. Um, Teams that begin playoff spots, teams that have missed out on playoff spots, and I think you know, yes, it's going to suck for um, you know not being able to uh, not you know not being able to win the title in front of your fans, but it's you know it's got to win somehow, um, and I think yeah, it's it's yeah, it's got to um, it's got to win safely as well. So I, I don't know, I don't think it's ever going to tarnish what um, tarnish the season because. I think if if it had happened ten games into the season and there was all of the rest of it to go with without fans and stuff, then yeah. But we've we've already seen what Liverpool can do, um, you know, over the majority of the season. So I don't, I, yeah, I don't think there's, you know, there's nothing really to take away from that. You know, there, there shouldn't be an asterisk over it to say, oh, you know, you you're kind of, um, yeah, 
didn't get over the line fully, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't think there should be an asterisk there. And Mike, you've been very patient. I'm sure you've been waiting to say a lot. So with the um, Timo Werner transfer, one of the reasons why um, uh, Liverpool apparently didn't take him was that they he wanted a starting spot out of that front three, right? And understandably, you're, you're not going, like switching it to Liverpool for a sec, you're not going to want to substitute out one of those to, uh, front three or upset the um, harmony that they have on attack. So, and that with that in mind, whose spot does he take in Chelsea? Well, I, I I heard it was um, being talked about the other day because he he can play you know off um, off of the striker as well. So there was talks that you could probably have Abraham in the middle, um, Werner either well I think Ziyech on the on the right and then Werner on the left. Um, so you could have a have a front three of them. But even so, I mean him you know Abraham uh, and Werner as main strikers. I don't think would be a be a terrible idea. <laughs> Definitely not terrible. <laughs> as, no, as much... no. And I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to make excuses to not sign him either. <laughs> as much as I think that um, Werner is um, an amazing signing, I think Ziyech is by far the better signing. He is a class signing. I, don't get me wrong. Oh, but, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah, is yeah. class. Yeah, this yeah. is this is going to be some serious firepower at Chelsea's disposal. There's definitely no um, excuses anymore. And I know that when Azard left, that there was like a lot of people saying, "Oh, there you go, like the main man from Chelsea, he's gone." But I think that Frank Lampard has done a lot to answer those critics, and then making these signings has just said it's it's a real statement to say, "Look, we're we're coming back for that top spot again. We we want to go for that push towards the top spots because now the squad that they have is looking um, really good up top." And I think that Frank will realise that next he has to make some defensive signings to cover the uh, the ageing kind of um, side sides of the Chelsea defence. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, so... and, and, you know, Chelsea have been, you know, up and down for so many years. You know, I'd, you, you know, you look at when, um, you know, Conte's last season where he, you know, he texts Costa saying he didn't want him in the squad anymore and it just completely derailed the season. Um uh, so yeah, and we bounce back, and there's yeah, Chelsea are up and down all over the show, and we still seem to, you know, what, what somebody called it, the rudderless ship. So it's <laughs> yeah, you know, we still, we still get, you know, still get trophies. So I'm um, yeah, I'm I'm excited, <laughs> a new dawn again. <laughs> so with the Premier League starting next week, which is amazing, uh, yep. let's go through. Uh, well albeit I think there's still a couple of things for them to go through. Uh, let's go through some score predictions. So we'll, um, I'll read the, the games out, and uh, if Connor and Chris, if you can give me your score predictions. First up, we've got Ast- What a way to start the return of the Premier League, by the way. Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. You go, Chris. You go first. I'll do second. Uh, I'd probably go Villa on this one. Yeah, I think, cool. I think Sheffield United. Sheffield United are comfortable. I think Villa Villa have got a lot more to play for, and they'll probably, yeah, I think they'll edge it. Nice. I'll yep. go. I'll go with Sheffield. Yep. What's the score there, guys? Uh, I'm going to say two-one Sheffield. And Chris, uh, I'll go one-nil Villa. All right. Next up, we got Man City versus Arsenal. Uh, Chris, two-nil uh, City. Yeah, I'll go three-one City. I think it'll be yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a bit harsh on your Arsenal, Connor. Nah, um... nah, we've been looking. We've been looking pretty average preseason, mate. I've watched all the games. It's not looking too good. So three one. And next along, we got Norwich versus Southampton. Good game. Yeah. Yeah, really That's good a game. Tough one. Norwich have everything to play for. Yeah, Where... I'll go score draw two two. Two two. Yeah, I'll go one one. And then. Big match on Saturday morning here at 7.15 with Tottenham versus Man United. I mean, Mourinho has to win against his old team. He has to. I'm going to say 2-1 Tottenham. And what about you, Chris? Yeah, part of me part of me is thinking the same as Connor because, yeah, Mourinho has that, that kind of... He'll somehow... Yeah, somehow get a result. But I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to go probably 2-1 to United. I, I, I think they're going to they're going to have a major push for top four at the you know, no, back no, end of the season. Is it possible that after all this time and the COVID break that I actually had to have a second think about who the Man United manager was? I'll <laughs> <laughs> set the wheel, man. I'll set the wheel. That's quite an indictment, eh? Like, <laughs> it is an indictment. <laughs> the profile of of the manager, like I, although I should probably just know that. Uh, Saturday night we got Watford versus Leicester City. What do we reckon? Leicester. Yeah, it's got to be two Leicester. Nil. Yeah, yeah, two nil. Let's go with it. And then Brighton versus Arsenal on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, that was the catch-up game previously, um, and I think Arsenal will beat Brighton. I'm going to go two one. Yeah. And Chris. Yeah, three nil Brighton. Three nil Brighton. Nah, nah. Um, <laughs> I'll go. Yeah. Um, Arsenal Chelsea win. Bad. Yeah. Two one. <laughs> and then let's say uh, let's go quickly through these ones here. West Ham versus Wolves, Chris. Uh, I reckon Wolves, 1-0. Yeah, yeah Wolves, 2-0. And I'm going to jump a couple of fixtures um, to go Aston Villa, Aston Villa versus Chelsea. Chelsea wins that, 2-1. Yeah, go, I'll go, yeah, 2-0. I'm going to make it tentatively. A here. I reckon Aston Villa, Aston Villa is going to win that one, 3-1. I knew you were going to say that. I knew I, Villa, Villa used to be Chelsea's bogey team. Not and I yeah even even when you said that I was just like oh it's, it's going to end up being like a, a draw or a last minute winner for Villa I just <laughs> I, I, and then I we got, the it, one you've been it, dying to talk about Mike then we got Everton versus Liverpool what do you reckon Connor mate do you know what just to please you I'm going to say it's going to be a four 0 Liverpool win that's fair and you Chris. Uh, I'll go one nil Liverpool at Goodison that, as well. Imagine a four nil at Goodison. Hurt. That would hurt. It it'll be it'll be a last minute Pickford <laughs> drops the ball in his own goal. Yeah, <laughs> throws the throws the ball into Mo Salah's face and it goes in or something. I don't oh, know. That's, that's my prediction. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know that Divock Origi is going to score the the goal in <laughs> Liverpool, the the Premier League, right? Mate, oh, he is a cult hero for a reason. He's done it in the Champions League. It's his time to do it in the Premier League. Why not? Yeah. Cool. So we're going to round up with a fast five to Chris. Chris, we're just going to ask you five questions. Just uh, that's going to be two answers. Just give me the answer straight away, and we we'll move on to the next one. Uh, so right. first up, we got Phoenix or Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> A Champions League win or Premier League win? Oh, that's a good one for a Chelsea fan. That's a that huge a, question. That is a tough one. Wow. That is a tough one. Um, 
I do enjoy a Champions League win. That was, yeah, that was good. But yeah, I I'll, I'll go Premier League win. I mean, it's always, yeah, that's. Yeah, sweet. Uh, Terry or Lampard? <laughs> that. Oh, super frank. Yeah, it's always got to be Lamps, surely. Terry, Terry's just not a nice yeah, person, but... you know. Lamps is a good person too. And uh, Tim Mateo or Benitez? <laughs> what is uh, this? You... <laughs> what? Yeah, God, that is that is such a such a question from a Liverpool fan. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. Um, surprisingly, Di Matteo. Surprisingly, <laughs> what a shock! New Zealand or England? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a tough one, man. In, in what respect? Football or football? Yeah. Oh wow. Football. Oh, it's, it's uh, New Zealand for playing, England for watching. Yeah. Or a, a little bit of a cop out there. No, nah, that's a good answer. <laughs> Give it to him. Give it to him. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, I've, I've had I've had more fun playing football in New Zealand than I I did in England. So yeah, I reckon that's because you're that's not fair. getting kicked off the um, pitch. You know, that's it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you can turn up to a pitch and you're playing on an actual nice turf rather than a mud heap. You know, every week in, in England, it's a mud heap, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. True. I, I don't know. Chris has uh, played at Ben Burn. He has played at Melrose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's also played at what's, like Tafaya and St Pat's Town and all those nice ones. No, true. What, which yeah. one are you talking about, Chris? Yeah, I, 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 uh, the um, oh, we were talking about it the other day. Um, is it Wilton's Bush? Oh mate, yeah. you played Wilton's in Wilton. Bush? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss, mate. That's an awful pitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember going out as a goalie and you know running out to get a get a loose ball and sliding out of play completely because it was a foot deep in water. It was terrible. So yeah, yeah, you get you get a you get a good mix everywhere. I don't think you can, you know, you you can't pick it. <laughs> you can't pick it, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, we really enjoyed this episode, and uh, your love for Chelsea is very apparent. <laughs> And, um, no, thanks. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Oh, mate, anytime, anytime. And um, Mike, it was it was good to hear uh, the questions you asked him as a Liverpool fan. I think that uh, Di Matteo, Rafa Benitez one was my particular favourite. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. There's, and uh, looking forward yeah. to the next week. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to next week. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this yep. has been the Total Football New Zealand podcast. Thanks for listening. 